What's up, everyone? Welcome to Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Refnap Scarves. I'm Josh, not Mike. And uh, with me tonight is Kev and special guest, Laura Ellen. Uh, the Hounds smash Loudon, and we're going to break it all down. And we also have a lot of other games to talk about, too, that I totally forgot about until just now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just carry this victory first, though. One victory beverage. I didn't bring two. Sorry, guys. Now, the Loudon 5-0, come on, that's the one. That's the I mean, that's one. the one we're definitely, you know, going to focus on because that's a lot more fun than talking about barely beating the Red Bulls and drawing. Who did we draw? I just forgot. <laughs> San Antonio. Oh, that's right. They, they barely count. They're outside. But before we talk about all that, let's actually catch up. Laura Ellen, you have not been on the show in a while, and uh, you just no. finished with your big move. And as people can see, if you are watching live, the background, new digs. Yes. Yes, new digs, new life. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, same me. Um, yeah, so I have not been on the show for a while. I uh, decided over in the spring, late spring, early summer, that I needed to finish my degree uh, six to nine months ahead of schedule. So I kind of had to drop everything uh, and work on that. So that's what I've been doing. And we have moved to central Pennsylvania for a job opportunity for Justin. And so we are here now and settled, you know, in as much as you can be settled. I like to say that the last 20% of unpacking takes the longest time, right? And it takes like 10 years and then you're ready to move and you just kind of pick up the same boxes and move them to the next place. So um, yeah, so, but I am so happy to be here and I have lots, I have lots of thoughts about the Riverhounds. Quick question about moving. So are you the type of person who keeps the boxes? Like are the, do the boxes just stay in your attic? You break them down and put them in your attic? Or are you the type of person to give away the boxes? Oh no. Um. So the boxes, I have three sisters and two of those sisters moved before we moved. So they were hand-me-down boxes that were already hand-me-down boxes. So <laughs> anyway, the boxes have been shuffled around uh, the family and so they have been uh, put on the curb and have been taken away to the recycling center. And although we just found out this past week that my last sister who hasn't moved just bought a house. And so she's moving. And I was like, well, sorry, uh, the, the boxes are now gone. That's why I keep the boxes. The boxes go in the attic <laughs> and they're all broken down. I've used those same boxes a couple of times. Although I think we got rid of them recently because I think someone else moved. So we gave them all of our boxes. Now I think about it. So. I guess I just don't use cardboard that much because I'm shocked that like cardboard survives like more than one move. Like with me, I just beat the crap out of them. And by the end of it, they're like <laughs> ripped and falling apart. And by the end, it's just like, I can't hand these off to other people. It's like, it's like giving away your bad clothes to Goodwill. You feel ashamed of it. Like that's how I feel <laughs> about like, you know, giving away like cardboard that I would go through a move. No, I, I get rid of all my stuff. That's future Kevin's problem. Yeah, you get nice cardboard though. Like you can't get the, you have to get like the nice moving cardboard boxes. Like the, I thought know, it was all crap. Ones. I didn't even know there was this higher <laughs> level of cardboard that even existed. This is great. All right. This is a very intriguing conversation. I'm sure everyone's really loving it, but we should probably talk about actual hounds news. Uh, so let's go from what happened most recently back. So hounds win five zero against Loudoun United. That sounds like a super, super impressive scoreline. It is, but honestly, being there at the game, this felt a lot more like, oh boy, what's going on here? Until like near the end of the second half. <laughs> um, 
why don't we just go straight into takeaways uh, and then we can kind of cover like the goals and that kind of stuff as we go along. Uh, Laura Allen, you have a lot of notes here, which is perfect. <laughs> okay. I have three bullet points with one sub bullet point. So I don't think it's a lot of takeaways, but I, so that's, I, I will say this wasn't in my takeaways, uh, but you make an interesting point, Josh, because I felt the same way watching on the screen. So it's interesting that that kind of translated in the stadium because I was like, oh, are are we actually going to pull this out? Are, yeah, you know, I kept, Justin was sitting beside me and I kept saying, I'm like, I don't know. Like at this point, I just want to shut out, right? I think it was like, I think it at the beginning of halftime, yeah. When we started the second half, it was still one nothing, And I was like, you know, at this point, I just want to shut out. And I think um, that's kind of where I was. And then, you know, there was scoring in the last like 15 minutes of the game. And so that shifted things a little bit, but even after the third goal, I still kept thinking to myself, <laughs> all I want is a shout out, right? Like I was like, I don't want us to completely fall apart. And maybe that's um, also the Brighton fan in me, I think being a Brighton fan and that, <laughs> right. It just like everything collapses in the last 10, 15, five minutes of the game stoppage time, you know, like nothing is safe. Uh, no lead is safe enough. Yes, oh, please. Uh, uh, anyway, so I was super glad for the shutout. Uh, I thought Velarde had a really good game. There were several crosses that I was like, oh, okay, this is the Velarde that I remember. And so I hope that he continues to get playing time and also keep showing that he's capable of this. So, you know, that it, um, you know, that he can continue to get more playing time and, you know, kind of thinking a little bit more big picture that we've had two shutouts in the past three games. And that has something that over the past several years that Bob has been at the Riverhounds, we've had a more, like, we've had more senior leadership. I know you guys have talked about it on the show several times already this season, but that just, the shutouts haven't been the same, certainly last season, Although I feel like last season there's an asterisk beside it anyway, but um, it hasn't, you know, we haven't seen those shutouts like as we've seen in previous seasons, like we have in this season. And so I have been really happy to see a, a kind of, uh, or, or I should say signs of a more organized and disciplined defense. I do think that, uh, how do you say his name? V tweets. Uh, sorry, that's terrible. I, I, I think I say it with a V. I, so, Is it with a V? That's I what I keep so. thinking. Anyway, uh, I, sometimes he like really worries me. I mean, we got a penalty kick. Uh, I believe it was a handball against um, San Antonio because of like him. Now we can debate whether or not it like, anyway, whatever. I felt like his arms were against his size, but okay. We don't need to go down that rabbit hole. But I just feel like there are times that some of his decision-making, he like, clears the ball as a pass to the very middle of the field and then it's intercepted. I, I, right. It's I thought good. that was like, right. Like I'm like, are, are we in middle school? Or are we in high school? You know? And I'm like, have, I thought we would have worked through the nerves by now. I don't know. So, but I hope he can keep it together through the rest of the season. Those were my uh, three bullet points and one sub bullet point. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, what takeaways do you have? Oh, so, like you've given me so much material to kind of like, like to to kind of go back and forth with on top of like any other kind of base thoughts I had around the game. I mean, yeah, it, I guess quickly on Veet, I, I think 
um, on Twitter, I noticed the, I, I, I forget the guy's name, but um, the USL tactics person on Twitter. Yeah, USL like, tactics. That's, yeah, yeah does, <laughs> does the videos. And, and I think that that Twitter account was like, you know, they were really impressed with um, like the Riverhound's defensive structure. And, and yeah, I, I think for, for the Loudon game, I think that was correct. But I, I, you know, Laura Allen, you just laid it out. I think the thing where we keep shooting ourselves in the foot is we're really sloppy with the ball, especially like along our defense. And when we're in our own half, I think that like, I think generally we've, we're rarely the team to set up camp in the opposition's third and just kind of like build up pressure, like a pressure cooker. You know, I think with the likes of how Ciceroni likes to play with how like Dixon likes to play, it's more of this, you know, make quick decisions, play high risk, you know, passes, not, not all of them are going to come off, you know, in actuality, less than half of them will come off, but you know, every once in a while you'll get one and, and that's where you get your chances. I feel like it feels like that philosophy transitions all the way back to like when we're in our own third and I'm just like, no, like, it's okay. <laughs> like you can like V you don't. And, but that's the same. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to criticize V too much because I think that was the other positive thing is like he gave the ball away and really in some dangerous positions more than once against the Loudon game, uh, against Loudon, but he kept doing it. And like, and in the end, he grew into the game and it started to come off more. And so, you know, I don't think Lily wants the center backs to just boot it up the field. Um, you know, maybe that was the case with Dos Santos, but, um, you know, the, I, I said it, I've said it previously. On, I mean, I think. I, these three center backs, whoever they are, as they rotate, they're they're asked to do a lot. They're they're not asked to be you know big rock center backs that just head the ball and clear the ball. Um, so I want to give them a bit of credit on that. But yeah, I mean, it felt like that was that was going to be the way Loudon was going to score is that we were going to be really sloppy in in giving away passes. And I mean, they almost did. They hit the bar off of uh, yeah feet um, as as Laura Ellen kind of laid out, but. So yeah, I mean that's my only thing about about Veet. I think like I I want to be more harsh on him, but at the same time he continues to be brave and he continues to try to make passes and build up from the back. And I gotta get gotta give him credit for that. But uh, but yeah, so that's kind of my thing on Veet. I don't know. I, I can keep talking, but Josh, I don't know if you had any thoughts around that stuff. No, in the, like I think uh, someone in the chat, uh, yeah, Jesse actually brought up. Uh, Danny didn't even get a save. We got lucky in the first half when the ball hit off the crossbar for them. And that's that's what kind of like the whole thing was. It did, never felt like it was a dangerous game for us to lose. To me, it felt like it was a dangerous game for us to draw because it felt like it, if we were just going to go up by one and they could get a lucky goal at any moment and something off of like that, a you know, misplay, they could have just gotten that goal. And at that point, um, it would have been 1-0 for them because that was before our goal. Uh, but like it would have been very easy to see that happen in us to get a draw out of this game. Well, that's how they beat us last time, right? I mean, Loudon yeah. beat us when we went away to Loudon because they get a 25 year old screamer and we, you know, the game ends up one no and it was a bad game. And so that that's what it felt like for me was when Forbes, when Forbes gets the second goal, I was like, all right, it's done. Uh, like complete confidence, no problem whatsoever. We, we gain a huge control over the game and and just pour it on from there but up until that point i was like one goal wasn't enough i don't feel even though they weren't creating a lot of chances that's the weird thing because you know because of how we play 
because like we're just one beat pass away from... <laughs> not just him anyone in the back I know. Oh, I, much, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah one one counterattack, um yeah. unforced error counterattack type of situation but let's like, actually talk about some of these goals so like wharton's goal Oh, wait, of, wait. I wanted oh, to yeah. say one more thing. Yeah, Sorry. Um, I I do think going down the stretch and when we get to the playoffs, notice when I said when we get to the playoffs, but when we get to the playoffs, I do think any better or higher caliber team is going to take advantage of any of those lapses in mental judgment. And I think, uh, I know we had uh Oh gosh, this was maybe a month ago. I can't even remember what game, but we had some uh, back and forth on the Slack um, about uh, you know some of the defense, and I think even some of the wins that we've had previously. Um, Justin and I talk about this, and this is probably because I was a keeper growing up, and so like this is just what my this is just what I focus on, and, and we can talk about that later, but. Um, I just think it's the lack of discipline and the lack of mental focus. And, and maybe it's not mental focus, but it's it's the decision-making of the back line that I think is going to kill us, right? Um, I think, not kill, that's not, uh, it's going to cause us to lose games. Uh, there, that's a better way of uh, uh, articulating what I actually mean. But um, I, I, I just think, and again, this goes back to previous seasons, and, and I'm excluding last season in this, but in previous seasons, we've had more seniority. We've had more um, minutes, uh, historical minutes on the back line. And so that allows for better decision making because those players have been in more situations. And, and it's something that I really have struggled with, with this team and watching. And I think it's great that some of these uh, young players are getting to play I just worry that as we go down the stretch throughout the playoffs, what is that going to look like? Um, you know, and I don't want it to be one of these like dumb, right? Dumb, unforced errors that loses us a chance at the final, that loses us a chance to, you know, win the conference or, or whatever that may be. So I just wanted to uh, put that out there uh, because it's something that I've been thinking about all season. That's completely fair. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's easy to be like, oh, wow, we got a couple of these shutouts in a row here. It looks pretty good. But then you kind of think about who we were playing with these shutouts, and it was Loudon and Baby Bulls. And it's like, mm, I mean, are those impressive shutouts at that point? Or is it kind of like those are the games you need to expect shutouts from? And that's just that. I mean, you still have to put in the work and get the shutout. Like, you can't fall asleep. But I mean, yeah, I would say to, to, to try to balance it, balance it out a bit, I think, you know, maybe we've been trained to feel a certain way about a one no lead maybe especially of late in this kind of stretch we're playing midweek games every, every other week. Um, but you know, we're one, we're one, you know, shot from Loudon hitting the post away from having a nearly perfect game. If, if you're, if you're a neutral watching this game and you take your river hands, uh, river hounds hat off, not knowing that, you know, Laura Allen, you actually have, have her. <laughs> oh, no, it was a Mongols hat, actually. It's, yeah, it's right. Mongols. Right. I, I'm really trying. I'm really trying. Since I'm never on here, you know, I'm really trying, you know, the Mongols hat that I got even before. Mike very generously sent it to me before I even joined the show ever. Yeah, I just, I just and then And then my know. Ryan James uh, Riverhounds jersey that I bought, and then he left the team. So go me. Nice. Nice. Um 
but yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're close from having a perfect game against Loudon. And so we can be critical. And I mean, you know, I think rightly so. That's, that's part of our, I think, job of as, as being, you know, as fans who talk about, you know, the, the, the team on a podcast is, is to be critical when it deserves. But yeah, I mean, it, at the end of the day, you're right. Loudon's not a good team. We have had issues with them in the past, but, um, you know, a 5 no win with, I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me, but like, is it one shot on net? Like, I think they have one shot on net. If That's they, not even technically counted because it didn't, it, since it hit the bar, that doesn't count as a shot on goal. Wasn't the, but there's like a follow up shot where the guy comes in and, and like there's none recorded. It says yeah, okay, zero well, shots on goal. Then I mean you that's see how I much mean, research Kevin does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on, guys. This is the, this is the standard I uh, I had every week. Um, but yeah, so that I guess that's just one thing to remember. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the first goal here. Uh, Wharton gets uh, the goal off of well, okay. So it was a corner kick by Forbes. Forbes. Kicks it and then I think goes to Williams and he heads it and it gets blocked from the header. And then on the rebound of the block, it, uh, Warren scoops it up and gets it in there, uh, which is what you want to see. I mean, like, no complaints with that goal. That was a clean goal. It wasn't like it was like a fluky type feel. It's like, put in the box, see what happens. And Warren got a hold of it. I love and, those goals. Yeah. <laughs> I love those goals. And it's goals we haven't gotten nearly enough of throughout the entire season. Um, you know, I think what it was, I've been harping on like goals from set pieces and goals from corners. Um, I think we finally get like what feels like our first one against the Red Bulls uh, three games ago um, <laughs> off the corner. And I mean, I, yeah, I would count this as a goal off of a corner. I mean, it's just, it's a scrappy goal. Good teams score these. And, you know, I, yeah, I, I love, I mean, there's, <laughs> The quality of the rest of the goals is just ridiculous, but like I really, I really like this goal. <laughs> I mean, the next goal is probably the best goal of the game, though. I mean, hands down. Okay, so you don't. Okay, well, first off, the next goal is Forbes' goal, and it comes from, uh, you know, a run and play. Uh, Cicerone pretty much chests the ball, and then before it hits the ground, he like from backwards. I think. Hey, I don't even think he was. He has back towards goal. Uh, he just like kind of like hooks it with his foot and it goes right where it needs to go. And it, before it hits the ground again, uh, Forbes just knocks it in, like I think right outside the box or right inside the box. And it was awesome. And then I believe if I just saw that right, uh, USL, the main account has it up for goal of the week. Uh, the voting is going on right now. So go vote for that goal because it was the best goal of the game, even <laughs> though Kevin's going to contradict me on this one. <laughs> Well, I, like, I don't want to take any anything away from this goal. It was a great goal. I mean, it's like, yeah, Forbes essentially just plays like a one-two with Ciceroni, and, and Ciceroni's like, wow, falling back, puts it perfectly in the pathway of Forbes. And, I mean, I don't know if Forbes has a weaker foot. I think it's his left, but he hits it with his left. <laughs> and, and and you know, and, and what he did with it was, was yeah, ridiculous. It was a great goal. And like I said, I think before, that was, for me, the definitive, like, you know, exclamation point to the game. After that, I was like, all right, there's no way back for Loudon. I was breathing a sigh of relief after that goal because it did feel like I'm like we had a little bit of a cushion. I'm, although I'm with you, Lauren, I wasn't like, oh, we're fine now. It was more like, okay, now something can go bad and it not be immediate danger. <laughs> it can be like <laughs> a slow yeah, progression of just, danger. <laughs> and I just love watching Kenny score goals. Like I think he is such a critical component of our midfield. And so, you know, but 
everyone just loves the goals, right? And so I think just getting that ex- extra bonus, I don't know. And then, you know, and then he had uh, a second goal this game. So I think it was just, and is that his second and third goals of the season? I, I did not. I believe so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. See, I have all the knowledge. It's just hidden <laughs> sometimes. Which is wild because it's like, he both of his goals were so clean and like so just well. Oh, there he is. Um, Oops, but throwing up all the comments. Um, but like, uh, yeah, Forbes's goals were just so. I mean, like they were a striker. I mean, like it was it was a striker just just good at shooting. Like that that those are what his goals were. And so it is kind of wild to think that you know, like based off of that. Like, all right, Kenny, like, get a goal every two games now. If that's what you can do, like, let's, let's start seeing it. No, you mean two goals every game, uh, you know. Well, I mean, I don't want to be too greedy. But... So going the other way around, so the second or the third goal was Cicerone scoring. It, I don't know. They don't have it count as an assist, but it was definitely crossed over. But I can't remember who crossed it. Was it? Well, I think it hit one of their defenders. Oh, that's why. Okay. Or I there was some, like, deflection because I remember the announcers – they weren't sure if it would be considered an own goal or if it would be given to Cicerone. So there was some like back and forth. Uh, and they, Kevin, I don't know if you remember this, but they like tried to replay it from like a whatever camera angles they had it access to. But like it was so bad, you like couldn't see any better. And what you needed was like a sideline camera angle. And, you know, they didn't have it because it's the USL. Anyway, it's yeah. just, they just, anyway, but yes, yeah, there were some like deflections, but I think they determined that Cicerone had the, so I think that's why there isn't an assist. Gotcha. And it, it did. Okay. Yeah. Watching the replay now, it definitely does hit off uh, Loudon, but then it, it, Cicerone does this weird, like, it looks like he just kind of helped it in with like a little bit of like a, with the heel of his foot as it was like going by him. It, you are underselling this, Josh. Oh, okay. I'm. I don't know. I don't know. Was, was it going in before he touched it? Oh, I don't think so. No. I you mean, how so? I view it because I've now rewatched it like three times while we're podcasting. Okay. Because this is what I do. Um, but uh, <laughs> but it for me, it looks like Perez goes down the byline. You know, cuts it across. It goes through a loud defender's legs, and like as it takes a deflection, the ball goes behind Cicerone, and Cicerone does one of those things where it's like. With his right foot, you know, he's going to the, his goals to the left. He kind of like back heels it with his right foot as he's like turning and then like back heels it into the net. And that's that's why, like, he had a defender on his left shoulder. He was going fast, comes through a deflection through the Loudon player's legs, and he had the, the wherewithal and the technique to, to react quick enough and, and kind of do that spinning back heel, help it on kind of thing. And, uh, and it goes in. And I, I love too how like, Cicerone gets to the point where like it, it seems like he just won't celebrate his first goal because he's like yeah like I should have gotten the first goal <laughs> like if he gets a second then maybe he gets excited but uh but yeah even after this you know he just walks back with like a straight face and I was like all right <laughs> so is that so your funny. best goal then like I'm trying to figure out which goal you thought was the best goal are you it was the, I mean I, I w- watching the game live this made me make the most noise if that makes sense <laughs> like i was like <laughs> I, I shouted the most at because i was like oh you know like that was, like because it looked it just looked it's the most cheeky goal of the yes. of the game i don't know if it was the best goal 
yeah. It's all opinion. I mean, I think I think for me the the second and third, so Forbes first goal and then the Cicerone goal. To me, I think it what it demonstrated was how much these players have been around, how much how many games they've experienced and how many situations, because they both had this situational awareness to Kenny's like, all right, I'm just going to take this with my left foot. And I I sat there. I was like, wait, is he left footed? Right. I had no, I was like, wait a second, you know? Um, And then like Cicerone, same thing, Kevin, just like you just said, right. It's he kind of knew where the defenders were and where he needed to put his body and get his foot in a way to put it in the net. Um, And so I think that's, I don't know. That's what I saw when I looked at it. I was like, oh, okay. These two have been around for a while. They know how to do this. It's that level of like professionalism. Um, and of course it's just pretty to watch. So, and, and they're playing for my team. So, you know, it's like the trifecta. Even, even his movement too. I mean, when Perez takes, uh, takes the ball down, you know, watching it back, Cicerone kind of pulls out to get on like the far side of the defender. And then he makes the move to get inside and like shrug off the defender and gets to get in front of the defender. And then the ball comes at the right time. And I mean, yeah, it was just Cicerone has, I mean, I feel like I'm about to make a big call, but he's 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 one of the best Riverhounds players I've ever seen. Like, I as far as like his output, his technique, the amount of chances he gets every game, uh, the amount of goals he's putting up. Um, like, I like he'll score next game. Like, I I feel so confident that yeah, Cicerone will get on the goal, uh, on on the score sheet next game. That that seems dangerous to say that, and I wish him all the luck yeah. next game. If he gets injured, you can send the bill to Kev. <laughs> I know. I think I think Josh and I are on the same boat here. Like no, I, nope, I'm nope, not. I'm not, I'm not having any part of any of that. <laughs> um, the next goal, I, it was kind of just a, a clinical, like what you expect. Just you know, cross it into the box, and a you know player gets on it. Williamson, though, had just been subbed in the minute before that goal. So that was kind of cool. It was just like, sub him in, scores a goal within the first minute. He's in the game. All right. <laughs> and at that point, it was just fun. It was just like, okay, now we're just kind of goofing off, it felt like. Yeah. I mean, Armstrong, I've, I really like what I've seen from Armstrong so far this season. I mean, he he pretty much just gets the ball in a one-on-one situation out on, on the left wing and just goes right by his defender. I mean, you know, Granted, we'll we'll face better defensive teams than Loudon this season for sure. But you know, the fact that Armstrong just beats his defender, gets to the gets to the byline, and then cuts it back perfectly, uh, and Williamson, you know, does what a good striker does in the box. I thought it was just a really nice, like, clean, drawn up on a chalkboard type, you know, way to way to kind of create a chance. And yeah, I, I, like to me, like, you know, good good teams score those kind of goals. It's not just like someone just, you know, hits it from 30 yards or someone just kind of like it bobbles around and you score. I mean, that, that was just a really, a really nice, you know, tactical clean goal. And talking about like Armstrong having a moment because like you have that goal, that assist, I should say. And then two minutes later, he's the one that gets the assist for Forbes goal. And that one was also like, it was just like a very like well played you know, shot. It's a good pass. Pass it to him. He yeah. and then Forbes has time to like settle the ball, look up, plan a shot, and it's just rip it into the net. And like that's a lot of time on the ball. <laughs> like I mean it was it was it was like this is 
these are drills that we do during practice. Yes. Like that's exactly, I'm like, oh, okay. He has, he has done that. He has received that pass and made that shot a hundred, you know, a hundred times, a thousand times in practice. Right. Cause like those are, those are the drills that you do. Right. And it's like, oh, and oh, okay. Right. Because you gave him that much time. Silly, silly Loudon. What are they doing? <laughs> At that point, I think they were just ready to be done. It's like the last 10 minutes of the game. They're just like, come on. Can we just, like, we're already losing by four. This Now we're losing by five. Let's just get this over with. Well, and didn't, once one, once we went up two, didn't they make some substitutions that kind of, they, they kind of tried to go for it? And Yeah, they made three substitutions, and it yeah. did not help. <laughs> yeah. Um. So some other things about this game. Uh. I don't know if you guys saw the the drama before the game. Uh, it was reported by uh, I forget his name, but it was reported by a reporter. I don't know his name. Uh, that uh, Loudon was having COVID issues and they were going to cancel the game, postpone the game, something like they weren't going to travel to Pittsburgh. And then very quickly, you know, everyone started pinging the hounds, and and we got word like, nope, that's not true. They're coming. Like it's all good. They're coming to Pittsburgh. Uh, so, like, for, you know, 30 minutes, we thought the game might be canceled. And then after this game, today it is reported that Loudon is having COVID issues and that they are going to, like, suspend operations for a week or something like that while they get a handle on it. So, what? <laughs> like, like, I'm I'm hoping this is just, like, hey, they, you know, had these issues, but they had it contained with, like, a couple players or, like, maybe front office uh, staff. And then, you know. They were committing to this game, but then they're going to shut down things. I'm hoping they didn't put anyone at danger. I don't think. I think the protocols are pretty strong in the USL. I don't think they did, but it's a little bit concerning. Are you guys concerned about this, or do you think we have nothing to worry about? I don't I mean, believe. Uh, well, I was just going to say, I don't believe that uh, with COVID, there is ever nothing to worry about. There's always something to worry about, right? And even if everyone at that stadium or between the two teams is vaccinated, which we have no idea. I, I have not seen any kind of reporting about percentage of uh, staff players, you know, whatever uh, being vaccinated uh, among any of the USL teams, uh, certainly the river hounds. And so I think, you know, and, yeah, I think there's always something to be worried about it, worried about. I think I understand why the Riverhounds or the teams would have pushed to try and get this game in. But also, right, like safety has to come first and even breakthrough cases. I mean, it's I I don't know. I think it's if if they were actually having COVID related issues and health issues before the Riverhounds game. And we're considering not coming or forfeiting or whatever, um, then that should have been done. Um, because, you know, who knows how many Riverhounds players are now and staff and families, right? Like, this isn't just about the players and the yeah. kids, but several of the Riverhounds have had, you know, have um, had additional children born in the past. Like, you know, I think Kenny. Uh's partner had like another kid, you know, like there are like children who can't be vaccinated who are involved, you know, within like the circle of these teams. And so I think it's just 
yeah, soccer is like super important. That's why we're all here currently. But to me, like family health and health comes before soccer. And so it's just, it, to me, it feels frustrating and irresponsible. You know, certainly again, I don't know the back. Yeah. I don't know the conversations that have happened, but just based off of what I, what I've seen, it just, it's incredibly frustrating for me. And if I were any of like the Riverhounds, like partners or like had kids that were potentially exposed because of all of this, like I would be so livid. Uh, so Kevin, what are your thoughts? <laughs> no, a lot of the same. I mean, I, I agree that like, yeah, with, yeah. I think you, you said it perfectly at the beginning of like with COVID it's never like certainties either way. Um, I mean, I would, I would feel confident enough that the, it's a fairly low likelihood or low probability that anyone in the Pittsburgh, you know, in, in the, in the Riverhounds club was exposed to like a high amount of COVID. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it shouldn't <laughs> like structure should be in place where this is, should never even be a conversation. Um, and I think that's the most frustrating part is like the fact that this can happen is the most frustrating, not, not what, like what's the probability of the fallout or whatever. It's the fact that like, you know, the USL doesn't have a handle on this. The fact that the club, you know, if, if the USL, maybe let's say the USL doesn't have the resources to um, police this, you know, closely for every single club and they're kind of relying a bit on club self-reporting, then, I mean, it, the fact that Loudon kind of goes through and, and doesn't, I don't know, aren't, aren't more transparent with everything. I get, I get like, you know, canceling and rescheduling games like a day out is like annoying and frustrating. And it's this whole thing that I'm sure is like a logistical nightmare for the league and for the clubs and, I get it, but yeah, I mean, it, the, the fact that stuff like this happens is it, it shouldn't, <laughs> it's like, it's kind yeah. of, it's, it's really that simple. I mean, what could have happened hopefully is that they, you know, they knew who had the COVID issue and they, they did contact tracing and they, they quarantined all that up. And then even though they were short staffed and whatnot, they still went ahead and played because that, that was the game. They felt confident. And I'm sure they also had contact with, our club and with USL and they made that decision. Um, the report that came out originally was from DC United was saying it. So it, it might've been a situation where DC United didn't know for sure what was going on. And then, it, you know, they just said something flippantly during a conference or like that uh, press conference. And it's like, Oh, Loudon has a better handle on what's going on than DC United. Um, but then the fact that they, did it after the game is what's worrying me. <laughs> like, I don't know if that means like they find extra cases, like more outbreaks. Uh, they did say there, uh, it hasn't been officially announced yet, but multiple sources now at this point are, are saying it's like going to be shut down for a week. So we'll see what's going on there. But yeah, so fingers crossed that we have is, no issues. <laughs> yeah. And I think this is a great uh, opportunity to say that everyone who can get vaccinated should get vaccinated um, that is everyone 12 years old and up at this point, um, including folks who are pregnant, you know, like everyone needs to be getting vaccinated. I certainly have that conversation with your healthcare provider. Um, but this is like really serious. And the more people who remain unvaccinated, like the more danger it, dangerous it is for 
folks who can't get vaccinated and for kids under 12 until, you know, we have a vaccine for them. So, um, there's my, there's here, my, here. <laughs> uh, there's my public health uh, plug for the evening. Uh, let's go ahead and briefly talk about the other two games that we missed uh, by not having a show last week. Uh, so first off, we had the Red Bulls to uh, we won one zero. Uh, I don't really remember too much about this game, if I'm being honest at this point. <laughs> I remember we scored off a corner finally and I was like, yes, and it was great. <laughs> and I loved it. And it was a great header. I forget by who, <laughs> but so, I know it was one of our center uh, backs. I looked I looked this up. Um, so the game was on September 1st, uh, and Jelani Peters scored in the 32nd minute Great um, off of a corner from Kenny. So, yes, it was very exciting. Uh, the Red Bulls did have more possession than we did, slightly 58 to 41%. Uh, uh, we had eight corners, which uh, when I was looking at the stats earlier today and trying to refresh my memory on this game, I thought that was really uh, interesting, although I probably could uh, and would make an argument about how that's more a signal of the inexperience of their uh, defenders than uh, anything else. But I did not re-watch the game in preparation for tonight, so it's a little fuzzy in my memory. Um, but yeah, I do. I, I also was very happy to see us scoring off of a corner um, and then two games later to score off of another corner. Right. And then after that, that was on a Saturday, right? No, that was a Wednesday game. And then on our Saturday game was at San Antonio, uh, outside quick our shout, conference. Quick shout out to the uh, San Antonio guys um, who I went on their podcast with. They were great. Uh, it was a great time. They were very kind and welcoming, and uh, it was a lot of fun. But, uh, but yeah. And I listened to the podcast, and Kev, I thought you did a great job. Thank you. Um, I I listened to it as a as I was going on a bike ride, so that was uh, fun. But um, I would uh, contend that perhaps the Mountain Division is not the most difficult division, <laughs> as they uh, were arguing. Uh, certainly, when they said that, I. Uh, may have like scared some birds or something. I was like, no, that's not true. Uh, although I have no evidence to support it one way or another, uh, just in defending our own division. I was gonna say, I'm, I was gonna say, oh, so you're you think it's you think it's our division? Yes, but uh, for nothing else other than uh, hopefully yeah, no, we'll I'm a, the status of our own success. I, I am a Riverhounds fan, and I care about the Riverhounds until we play <laughs> someone else. Like that's kind of. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at with it. But uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, even like announcers and that kind of stuff like that you listen to like during these games and that kind of stuff, they have all pretty much said like it, it's either us or I've also heard uh, uh, Louis, uh, their, their conference. But I feel like that was in the early days before they saw Indy implode and not be a great team. So yeah, it, it's ours. <laughs> Uh, with that said, we did not win against San Antonio, so maybe uh, we're all, we're all wrong here. But uh, it was a one-one draw. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This game was kind of meh. I uh, this game started at eight thirty, which is very late for me to start anything <laughs> other than maybe I don't know a half-hour show or something. Um, so I very much turned it off at halftime because at halftime it was zero-zero. And frankly, I was bored and it was late. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> um, and then I woke up in the morning and I was like, wait, 
we tied. Um, so anyway, but uh, I did think it was interesting that Leaker started in goal. Um, and I don't know if there was any sort of reason uh, for that. Um, sorry, Josh, did you want to go through the highlights of this game? No, I didn't. But I was going to say, <laughs> do we do we win this game if Leaker's not in goal? I don't know. Does it matter? I, no, I, it doesn't. Why? I'm just... Why? I oh, I don't know. I think well. So they got a penalty kick um, a couple minutes before they actually scored, um, and so Nathan scored their goal in the 64th minute um, and had missed, and he had taken the penalty kick, so he yeah. had missed the penalty. I mean, it, like skied the penalty kick, um, and then. Um, scored and as i was re-watching the highlights um it really looked like that goal was a result of poor defensive organization which we've we, we've already kind of hashed that out i think um so but i, do I will say I, I i like oh, I, I liked their goal i i mean i i agree okay. we could have defended it better but i thought you know they had runners in the ball i think they had like two guys att- attacking the net um and you know, one slipped off the back. It was it was a perfect cross, perfect line. and like like he couldn't have put it anywhere else with the header. Like it like it was right in the corner with enough power to get it by leaker. So um I think I I think at least when I watched it, I was like, fair enough. Like, you know, but I, I agree. We could have we could have defended it better for sure. And then Dixon comes back in the 90th minute and scores this beautiful header header. It was very much a right place, right time. Um, which I think again, for me comes from experience, right? I don't, I don't necessarily perceive it as luck. I think it's been around long enough, have experienced, you know, having that situational awareness to just be where you're supposed to be. Um, Josh, what did, what did you think about the goal? I, I thought it was a, uh, you know, kind of like a sigh of relief when that goal went in, I, I did stay up and watched it. And I was just like, Oh, good. We got saved. <laughs> it just felt very much like I was ready to call this game. Like, well, that sucks. We dropped points. But I was kind of like doing the thing in your head where you're like, well, it could have been worse, though, because at least it was against an out-conference team. So it's not like they got points that matter for them, uh, for our conference, blah, blah, blah. And then when that goal went in, I'm just like, oh, so good. I mean, we needed three points, honestly, though, because we're, we're in this battle right now with Tampa, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But it was still nice to at least get a point out of this game. Uh, it what, just, yeah. I was going to say, and it's like an away game, an out-of-conference game, the travel that we have to go through, and I mean, San Antonio's a, a good team. I mean, you know, they're they're you know they're they're high up in their division. You know, I, I learned a lot from going on the San Antonio podcast and and kind of you know hearing about their their team and the fact that like all of that plus you know we're <laughs> what I'm looking back at the lineup now. You know, Forbes doesn't start, Cicerone doesn't start, Dixon doesn't start. Um, you know, the, we didn't have it was a line changes everywhere. So um, that doesn't really make sense, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, because of though, like I, as soon as this game even started and I saw that starting lineup, I thought for sure. I'm like, okay, this is a game that we're kind of throwing away a little bit. Like we're not, yeah. we're not taking this game as seriously as, you know, we take interconference conference uh, matches, which is fair. Probably. I understand why, but that's why it was just kind of like a snooze of a game though. You're like, okay, yeah. whatever. We'll see how this goes. And then like, when we get a point out of it, it's like, well, Glad we got a point. 
I would have liked to see this right in the middle of we're playing one game a week and we're going there yes. and we can play a full a full lineup. I mean, it would have been a better game. I think I was impressed with what I saw San Antonio and and yeah, I mean, but so the fact that we lined up the way we did, you know, I but even before a ball was kicked, even if we played our started our, our best, you know, eleven, I would have been happy with a draw. Um, so the fact that you know we put out the people we do. We only go one one goal down after missing a penalty, and um, and sorry, I don't know if you guys already talked about the penalty. My wife like called me right in the middle of the podcast, and I was like, <laughs> "No, I like I have to answer." Um, but uh, but like, yeah, I didn't really think that like the penalty was harsh. I I, I always remember yeah um, when Suarez played for Liverpool, he like did this thing for two seasons where he'd get like two yards away from a defender and then like literally just like chip it up into the guy's hand and be like handball. And he would get it every once in a while. <laughs> and he's like, what do you want me to do? I'm two yards away. Like, and it felt like one of those where, where a beat was just unfortunate. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And then to come back and you know what, I think by the end, Cicerone, Dixon and Forbes are all on the field. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the Calvary comes in and, and uh, the, the fact like that, that's a really like encouraging thing too, right? Like to, to have these guys come on and, and, and to get a goal and like, that's, that's very satisfying. So, yeah. All right. So let's talk about the standings here. Um, and I believe we have a graphic. Yes, we do. Oh, yeah. All right. So we have current standings. So <laughs> we are in second place right now at, with 47 points uh tampa bay is ahead of us in first place with 49 but they also have two games in hand still which is not great uh any thoughts on this table are we worried about staying in second place or uh yeah what do you guys think i mean i am are you seriously so worried about second place a little bit i, I mean because here's the thing I, like so we have two games against miami and they're both away and so I think that's that's the thing that gets me. And I mean, Miami've been playing really well. And I think, weirdly enough, I think that given the given the games in hand and given the point situation, I I looked a bit at all three of our schedules until the end of the season. I think we're actually all kind of pretty even. Like I think we have a we have an equal chance of coming third as we do of coming first. I mean, Tampa's running does not look good. Um, Tampa has some tough games going in. Um, we get Tampa at home too, which I think will be huge, but I think Miami's schedule, even though they're starting in third, you know, they get us twice at home. Um, we have to travel down to Miami. So, you know, we have to travel down to Miami, come back to Pittsburgh, play Tampa, and then go back down to Miami and play them again. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think my, like if Miami keep the momentum that they have, uh, I think their schedule is probably the easiest, um, and I think Tampa's is probably the, the worst and we get Tampa at home. So I don't, I, it could really shake out. I, I, I honestly think the likelihood of a, us getting third is just as equal as us getting first. Laura Ellen, your thoughts on this? I don't know. What do I know? I don't <laughs> right, I yeah, like, You're I, so I, positive. I, usually I'm sure you're, you're, you think we're going to get first place, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, sorry. I I was just thinking about what Kevin was saying. And then also thinking about the San Antonio podcast, they were talking about how um, like, like standings in your division only matter for the first game. And then after that, it's just number of points, which I hadn't realized until they said that. And so yeah, I, I think, <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, so good on them for for teaching yeah. us something. Um, even though I disagree about the divisional uh, competition, <laughs> but anyway. Um, but yeah, so so I do think that's interesting. So I think yes, I want a home playoff game, but you know, I also you know points matter, and so yes, it was kind of uh, frustrating. You know, I would have loved to have a win in San Antonio, but a point is a point, and it's better than no points. So. Um, yeah, so I I don't I don't know. I think maybe maybe, yeah. maybe we're fine. I, I, mean, I don't. I'm, I try not to be too hopeful, right? Because you know, uh, then it, my hopes are dashed, and I'd rather be pleasantly surprised. I think for me, maybe the encouraging thing, at least for me, is I think like based off of my my logic here, you know, it's we have a sixty six percent chance of getting a home playoff game. And like that's, I think that's pretty that's good. That's not how that works. <laughs> kind of. I mean, for me, if I think, I mean, yeah, if, if all I think of there's those an equal chance. Equal, yeah, but yeah, but you just talked about like going to Miami, coming home, going to Miami, right? Like, not all other things are equal. Well, okay. Here's one thing. You can't play mind. the stats that way. <laughs> well, one thing to keep in mind is just like Tampa, Miami does have two games in hand on us, uh, so they do have a potential of more points, but they are six points below us so even if you were to give them you know the games in hand and say that they they win both those out that still puts them equal with us uh also with that us us having two games against them is interesting i do think that it's going to be very important factor in this whole thing but that also means that they have a more compact schedule than we do which could also play in our favor uh same thing with tampa having to make up two games where we don't have to when Tampa has like a bunch of away games too against like yeah. pretty decent teams. Um, so that's, that was the other encouraging part for me. Yeah. I, like weirdly enough, if you gave me like a win and a draw against Miami, I'd take that if it meant a loss against Tampa, because I think then it kind of ensures our second place spot. If I think if, if we don't lose against Miami, then I feel confident no matter what else happens. But uh, I think those Miami games are huge. Well, and like if we we can also conceivably be above Tampa pretty easily here. So yeah. if that's the case, we don't have to worry about Miami. Miami could overtake Tampa. That's, that's true. That'd be yeah. great because like we're not that far behind. Like we, we're at 47. They're at 49. Uh, the Rowdies are. So like very easily we could be talking about being in the first place and having them to have to duke it out for second place. And that would be a fantastic place to be. Uh, but to do that, we're going to have to win a couple games. Uh, and the next one up is going to be uh, Charlotte Independence on Saturday. We don't have the best track record against Charlotte. We beat them one time ever. If I'm it was the last time we played them though, right? Well, yeah, that, that's that's cool, I guess. But still, <laughs> it feels weird to be like, yeah, we beat them once in the history of playing them uh we've lost eight times against them we've drawn five times against them and we got yeah, we've only won one time against them our record this season is a little bit better uh we you know have won once and two losses so <laughs> i guess that's better than our eight losses against them historically but yeah our, how are you guys feeling about this game do you think it looks worse than it actually is uh laura Ellen, what do you think well, I've actually changed my mind. I do think we're going to be successful at the end. Because, well, I was looking at, um, you know, I was uh, pulling at Kevin and looking at the schedule that we've had 
uh, because I didn't scroll down far enough in the uh, the agenda for today. But um, I think with our, I think with how we've been doing recently, how we've been playing, I think certainly um, some of the issues that we had at the beginning of the season appear to be resolved. While we are by no means a, a perfect team, and there are certainly things that I would like to uh, improve upon if I were managing the Riverhounds. Um, that said, I do think, you know, our more recent games, we've shown some signs that we're headed in the right direction. And so I think if we can continue to head in the right direction, I think we um, will have a home playoff game uh, this uh, season and at least one. Um, and so what that means for Charlotte is I think that we can go to Charlotte and I think we can be successful. And I think uh, hopefully we see our um, you know veteran players continuing to show their situational awareness and, uh, you know, play the way that they have been playing. You know, we can have some more uh, goals off of set pieces and our forwards can show us. I mean, I think watching Dixon and Ciceroni and the flow that they've had, um, it's, it's just like so exciting to watch. And I just love that. So I hope uh, to see more of that. Yeah, I mean, I I completely get what you're saying, Josh, about like we've only beat them once in history, but it makes no sense, right? Those are different teams. <laughs> Those are different. This shouldn't matter. This is just like you know, it it's it's all about this year's team, and I think I I think Charlotte's a good team, um, and it'll be a challenge. I think we're a better team, but you know. This is why you play games, and 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 anything can happen, especially when we're, when we're away from home. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a really good test. Um, I think it'll be one of our. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, weirdly enough, I mean, Charlotte look look far down the table, but it, let's. This is a huge assumption, but like, let's say they win all their games in hand on us, then they're only four points behind us. <laughs> like. It's kind of it's kind of insane to, to think that I don't think they're going to do that, but um, it's pretty wild to think about it in that way. But yeah, I mean, and I, honestly, I think it starts a fairly fairly difficult run in for us. I mean, you know what? Charlotte, Charleston, Miami, Tampa, Miami, Charleston, Hartford. I mean, so like, you know, there's no Red Bulls, there's no Loudon, there's no you know Atlanta two or whatever that you know. So it's but I think this could be, you know, this run-in could give us huge momentum. It could be the perfect grindstone to sharpen, you know, our sword to going into the playoffs. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I think that's the positive. But it's not It's not going to be easy. We're going to have to show up. Yeah, I mean, like, as far as the games that you just mentioned that are coming up fast, the, the this is the game that we can get points off of the easiest out of those games probably. And it's, it's definitely the... The Charlotte that we played and we've lost to, I feel like is a little bit of a different team than what we're seeing now. And they they kind of felt have fallen off uh, than what they were at the beginning of the season. And I don't know what that's about. I mean, it, there's a lot of things going on right now in Charlotte because of the fact that they have an MLS team coming in and management's kind of all over the place. And it's like, it, they're not having a great time. <laughs> and uh, this very well could be their last season. We'll see what happens with the whole MLS team and all that kind of stuff. 
I can't remember if they announced that this was the last season or not, but it kind of feels like it. Um, so it's it's going to be weird. It's going to be a weird game. Uh, we do have a watch party planned for this game at Bulldog Pub um, in Morningside. It's also the same time as, or like right, I think they're doing the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Pittsburgh on Saturday for some reason. I didn't know that was a thing that was happening, but they're doing a parade. And so we'll see. Is that Patrick's Day? Yeah, they they postponed <laughs> it because of stuff, and now they're okay. like having the parade now. I guess I I did not know this. <laughs> I just found out about it, so I'm like, oh what? So uh, hopefully that doesn't screw anything up for the watch party. But uh, just be warned uh, that it might be some weirdness downtown as far as like driving and getting everything going. Um, but yeah, anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap up? I, I think I just wanted to say that I was thinking, um, as Kevin was talking, I was thinking the same thing that in previous seasons, when we've had a perceived easy end to the season, we have not uh, performed well. Um, you know, I forgot what that game was that we, was it Charlotte that we ended up losing like three, four and cost whatever our goalkeeper was at the time, the golden glove. Um, oh, yeah. What, what, what was that? Like two years ago, three years ago? I think that might have been three well, This years. is really no, bad. I shouldn't have brought it up if I couldn't remember <laughs> it. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Um, it's forever etched in my uh, memory. Clearly not well, though. But I do think that uh, I do think that this is what we need in order to really push ourselves to work out whatever existing issues there are. And then we just um use that to be successful throughout the playoffs and then uh bring home a championship because that's what i'm looking for kevin any final thoughts not really i mean i do i i i i'm excited about the end of the season i think i think it's going to be a more difficult run-in but I think that means the payoff can can be equally elevated, um, and I feel really good about our team. I mean, like, I, short of you know these these aggressive isn't the right word, but trying trying to play out the back, trying to play out from the back, um, and and making mistakes. I, I think that's honestly one of our biggest weaknesses. Short of that, I mean, I th- I think we look relatively like healthy and deep. I mean, yeah, I know we have injuries, but um yeah i mean i and and i like how we're playing i like how yeah i so i like i like our team Ciceroni is in, <laughs> in a really good form dixon is in really good form feels like the, the players that we need to be in form are in form um and you know it, it can't drop off now uh it, it, it has to only be kind of you know pushed up a level so and and i think there's a good likelihood that's going to happen but uh but yeah i feel good it's going to be exciting I, these games are going to be there's going to be like something on the line for them, which is what you want. And they're going to be good, entertaining games. And I think, yeah, that's, that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Just a reminder that like the reason why it matters if we get top two is so that way we can be uh, home for a playoff game, at least one playoff game. So even though it feels like we're pretty assured to make the playoffs, I, even that's, you know, stretching in a little bit, but even if you're pretty confident we're going to make the playoffs, it does matter to finish in the top two so we can get a home playoff game. And, you know, we, we haven't had 
huge luck in the playoffs. So uh, every advantage matters <laughs> when it comes to going into that playoff and being home would be a huge thing. It would be awesome as, you know, a supporter to be able to watch the team in the playoffs. So these games do matter. It does, you know, it, it's a battle right now to get into, keep it in second or get into first place. Um, with that said, let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Uh, help support the podcast by going to mongols.com and click on support the show to become a Patreon follower. Uh, weekly reminder that Black Lives Matter. Check out roughneckscarves.com. Is that right? Yeah, roughneckscarves.com. Uh, <laughs> to support them, you know who they are. Uh, check out icarusfc.com. And uh, yeah, check out our website, bgn.fm. That's good all job, I Josh. Got. <laughs> yeah. I made a mistake of trying not to read the wrap up while doing the wrap up. Uh, all right, guys. Well, have a good week. See you next week. Cheers. Bye.